Hello and welcome to We Are Weezer with Chris and Chris from the Weeze talking Weeze to the podcast. We Are Weezer is a podcast about Weezer. I'm your host, Rachel, and along with special guests, we dig around, go through the internet, read Weezerpedia, Wikipedia, all the pedias, find out all the details on one of your favorite Weezer songs. We do one per show. And we give you all the details, something that you've never heard before, hopefully, and more. We also rate and review it using our special rating system. And, you know, sometimes we do some other fun stuff. We do segments, Weezer News. Today is a song discussion with Chris and Chris. And we're going to be talking about Hold Me. Terrified of all things Frightened of the dark I am You are Taller than a mountain Deeper than the sea Welcome back. I'm here with Chris and Chris, and we're going to talk about Hold Me. It's from the album Make Believe. It's track number four. It was released May 10th of 2005 and recorded December of 2003 through summer of 2004 with a demo uh, March 6th in 2003. It is four minutes and 23 seconds long, and the label is Geffen. It's officially released, and according to Setlist FM, it was live debuted on April 26th of 2005 at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, British Columbia. Wow. Which I guess is different than Canada. I don't know. Well, it's up there it's, somewhere. Uh, it's, it's up in, there. It's in there. It's in there. <laughs> Is British Columbia in? It's like, a, why it's does a it province. Say? It's a province. It's a province oh. of Canada. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, city. Just, Just like, like city. you live in California, which I guess is in the United States. So it's a state. Well, it's a province. They call states provinces. They're equivalent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. The Pacific Northwest. Um, should have asked. Should have asked uh, Sue Ann because that's where she's from, but not British Columbia. I thought British Columbia was like its own place, not Canada. I thought it was separate. I know it's within. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Because I always think of... Never mind. Never mind. I'm, not, I'm yeah. still not sure about that Newfoundland. No, I don't know anything about Newfoundland. But I think BC is, uh, is Canada. It's up there with <laughs> Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're way up here. We are, <laughs> we are way we up are here. We are way up here. Well, I mean, Jesus, I tried to go to uh, Arcadia. No, sorry. Arcadia. Arcadia in Maine. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's technically further away than parts of Canada. Oh, yeah. 
because it just reaches up so high. It took us freaking forever to get there. Yeah. I, I never thought we were going to make that. That was such a long drive. But yeah, parts of the U.S. You're like, we could have gotten to Canada in three hours. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. We could have been in Toronto three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right? Uh, he is Chris the Younger. His voice, he's finally, his voice is changing. <laughs> I've been waiting this whole time. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. Catalog of Riffs, number 426. And uh, it's only on make-believe. It's not on anything else. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't don't you tell us about the personnel, younger Chris? Oh, personnel and this guy. All right. So uh, like every other song on this record, this was solely written by Rivers Cuomo as what Chris and I refer to as a quote-unquote solo Cuomo. Um, this was produced by Rick Rubin as of every other song on this record. Uh, we also have Rivers on lead vocals and lead guitar, Brian Bell on rhythm guitar and backing vocals and keys, Scott Schreiner laying it down on bass and backing vocals, and good old Patrick Wilson playing the drums. Doing it again. As always. Well, except on Hurlitude. Trap. Trap. Tra- Unfortunately. <laughs> what just happened to me? It became a, that time in California really rubbed off on me. We should probably stop <laughs> recording together because we rub off on each other too much. We should record in, in separate locations. That, sounds that sounded disgusting. bad. That sounded really, really <laughs> I'm with you, bad. Rachel. That sounded vile. <laughs> <laughs> or just have dirty minds. Um, so according to good old Weezerpedia, Hold Me was an acoustic demo that Rivers posted uh, for people to hear before they actually recorded the uh, the final version. And I read in a Rolling Stone article slash interview that Rivers was trying to fast. He was like fasting mm-hmm. yes. for a while. That's a great fast. And then he wrote this song. Yep. So he he's so weird how we try, or I shouldn't say weird. It's so interesting that he would try all these different things in an effort to write a, a song. It's actually really interesting. The song happens. was initially supposed to be called Feed Me, but they changed it. <laughs> true story? That's not true. Yeah. That's not true, you guys. We got to fact check that. <laughs> what? I would. I would I would definitely Snopes that or it, something. It is funny, though, uh, in truly about the fasting thing. He was talking about it a bit in interviews at the time. And because he was asked about it, I think he must have said it in one. And of course, subsequent interviewers were like, hey, what's up with this fasting thing? Mm-hmm. And he was really reluctant to talk about it. He he didn't want to promote that as like a valid songwriting approach because it's too destructive, you know? And the thought of like going to these extremes through fasting, through drugs, through meditation, through any sort of large-scale manipulation of your life in your health, uh, he's he's like, it's not sustainable and it is absolutely not something I would recommend to anyone. So we actually felt weird about talking about it at a point. And I don't blame him. It's true. And I don't think he's done it again. He certainly hasn't done it since. And I'm not sure if any other songs came out of that process as well. But hey. Yeah, it, I'm not sure if he fasted for other songs. Right. Right? We know he experimented with like drugs and stuff for other songs. Right. But um, yeah, for sure. it's It's odd. That this song would come from that, I guess. I don't know. Right. It definitely is a vulnerable song, and and you could just tell. And and he, and I I feel like in the in the actual recorded version, he did maintain that sense of I don't know sincerity and vulnerability, and I, I think that initial spark that made the song 
exist in the first place, he did a pretty good job carrying over into the studio, which is sometimes very hard to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to uh, keep the, I guess, the, the original feeling and vibe that you got when you came up with it type of thing. Definitely. Yeah. I'll just say the same thing as you in a more confusing way from now on. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm doubting. Is it definitely? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> definitely. Maybe. Definitely. Maybe. Defin- yeah. Oh, that's a good record. Uh, that's the next podcast, right? <laughs> That'd be cool. So Hold Me was often played live during the first Make Believe tour. Who wants to be... So we have some band commentary. Oh, yeah. Who wants to be Pat? You want to be Wilson's in? All right, I'll be Pat and you be Rivers. Oh, God. Why did I... Yeah, okay. (laughs) Other Chris can be Rivers and I will be Brian. Nice. Oh, and she's putting on her blazer now. You guys can't see this, but she is. She's. <laughs> I am. I'm getting it on. I'm buttoning. It's um. It's pink. Straightening so. her long nice. hair. And let's see here. You can be Scott and Pat. So, oh, just because yeah. we. Oh, okay. Just so I'm not full talking at the end. All right. Sounds good. All right. So okay. Rolling Stone asks a question about. Uh, Hold me was often played uh, during the the first Make Believe tour, right? Yeah, I love it. It's just beautiful. It's huge sounding. Thank you, Pat. (laughs) What do you think, Rivers? Well, I think I was trying a foolish experiment of fasting and seeing how that would affect my songwriting. So I think I was extremely hungry when I wrote that song. I can't say anything better than that, but it's a powerful song dynamically. It's really ballsy to play that song. To have Rivers do an intro that long before the band kicks in is a little bit frightening. And it seems to work. It has a very grandiose impact. Well, I think when the backup vocals come in in the second verse, that's one of my favorite moments ever on a Weezer record. It's just an example for me of playing... As little as possible. It sounds so much bigger by playing the tiniest amount of bass. As light and small as I could. Winds up being just twice as big. Like your biceps, Scott. (laughs) Like your biceps. (laughs) For some reason, I liken it to Say It Ain't So. And I don't know why. I think it's just the mellow verse into the huge chorus. It's a great change. And scene. You guys are welcome for that magical uh, moment. Yes, in I'm, podcast glad, I'm history. glad we did that. We should do that, boy. That, that's really fun. <laughs> my, I have to admit, my Pat impression was very. I didn't realize we were going to really get into the character so hard. Well, it kind of evolved <laughs> over the course of the bit. <laughs> I really enjoyed the uh, the rivers voice too. It's. I actually, yeah, me and my girlfriend were just than... watching that great interview with him. Uh, with who is the. The, With Larry King? No, the newscaster who had a nervous breakdown in the middle of his telecast. Oh, and then Chris. He... Uh, yeah, where they talk about meditation. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That was a great interview. You haven't seen that, Chrissy? I have not. Oh, my god! It is gosh, a great interview, out. and it's oh, a great cool. podcast. It's called 10% Happier with Dan that's it. Harris. 10% oh, Happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard about that. Great interview with Rivers. Cool. Really cool. I think they're literally just sitting in his kitchen, at his kitchen table, and they're just like sitting there talking about meditation and, oh, and how cool. it like help them deal with stress. And it, yeah, it's great. But he, he does Dan sound Harris just is a, like that. a meditation nerd. So they, they were like this. Yeah, right. 
That's cool. It's kind of like when he went on Pete Holmes as well on the uh, You Made It Weird podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and he's a very spiritual guy. And I don't think Rivers was like really there at that time. Like when they were doing that intro, I know he still meditates, but as far as like the larger kind of concepts behind the meditation, he was kind of like, yeah, well, I meditate because it helps me clear my mind. You know, he's like, I don't know about all that. But it was it was a similarly like not just about music interview. And I really enjoyed it. And that's truly what I modeled that performance on. Um, and... <laughs> I found that I could get in his character by not blinking. Speaking of blinking contests, he never blinks when he's talking in an interview. He's just like wide-eyed and staring seemingly at nothing. Well, it would just go to reinforce the fact that he's not a human. (laughs) Yeah. He's He's just an android. Yeah. Yeah. He's from the future. He is. That's why. That that would make sense. It's just different in the future. Why wouldn't he call it the present scope trilogy? That's right. That should be more interesting (laughs) to him. He seems like flummoxed and confused by this world all the time. Knows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so according to Setlist FM, how many times has it been played by Weezer, Chris? Older Chris? Oh, that would be 34 times. By Weezer, right? And I guess no one's covered it. Wait, but I think that's not true because when I was in somewhere else, I found that it was covered. So the Setlist FM might be a little bit dated. Oh, man. Well, F um, them. But and according to them, they said that the last time it was played, it was in two thousand five. Yeah, it sounds like it didn't play really... live. It didn't. It didn't outlast the record. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of a drag. It's a shame, right? Because I mean, it's way better than the two singles. Well, I mean, there's really only one single that lived on from this record, anyway. For sure. So. I was uh, really surprised to see that that they haven't played it again since then. I mean, yeah. I think they should. There's a lot that I think they should, but yeah. Now, you've been watching the band much more closely than we have for basically this entire millennium. Uh, was there a period when they were varying set lists dramatically that you remember? Or was it basically they would lock in to a set list for a tour and that was it? Uh, I, there, there was not a... I think that the system that, that Rivers used was different. Yeah. And when they would tour, I do think that they would play more of the album yeah. that had just come out. You could tell with Make Believe, actually, the only song they'd never played for Make Believe was Freak Me Out, actually. Every other song got played live, which, man, that's not true of the modern records at all. No. It's actually really, really, really annoying. Yeah. They didn't tour Pacific Daydream at all. Right. I did I see a live. Understand. I did see a good live version of Weekend Woman, actually, from, like, Germany uh, on YouTube recently. And I was like, oh, cool. I just... Yeah, I, I didn't even think they played that live, you know, but it was good to see that at least they had. But yeah, like Beach yeah. Boys and songs like that have not been played live, which is a and I think that's a bunch of crap. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Well, they don't really play too much from Death to False Metal, so. True. That's true. Or any, or, you know, Beside, anything really besides that's album. different. It would be cool to have like a fan voting experience where we could vote on what we'd want to hear that we'd never get to hear right. and see what happens. I don't know. Well, there was that. There was a Snapchat video not too long ago from Rivers of Brian and Scott and Rivers just on harmony vocals while filming on his phone, doing "Smile" off of oh. Green Album with Brian singing the lead, it, which sounded cool. And then they were doing "King" from like the Red Album B side. Red Album oh, B side, cool. such a random. And it was a like random ass song. And you could tell they were just doing it probably for their pleasure. And Rivers was like, oh, I'll film some of this. This is fun. But like, if they just like had this slot in a set list where they could just slide in just one for the hardcore fans, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't need to be Pinkerton or Blue because frankly, no. as as we talked about and, and our show is kind of about at 
so far. It's about all the great material that gets overlooked because they're not on Pinkerton and Blue, you know? And there's several on Make Believe that I'd be happy to hear live when we see them soon. So uh, this, this foremost among them, and we even said on our podcast, if they played Freak Me Out, I know it would please such a small percentage of the crowd, but those people would be so pleased. Exactly. It that it'd be it worth would, it. It would counteract. Yeah. And maybe the other people would like catch on, you know, like they would be like, what are these people freaking out about? I need to go see what that song is. Yeah. They'll go home and, and look at the Setlist FM set list and be yes. like, oh, cool. That, I got to listen to that on Spotify. Yes. That's what I think. And that's what I think about like Pacific Daydream too. It's like, if you don't think it's popular enough to play, then why don't you just see and then maybe like people would hear it and like it. You know what I mean? I know. I wonder if on a certain level, because I get this as a musician, certainly it's like, it's, and and it's not even all about the music when you're touring. It's about the look. It's about the lighting. It's about the background. Like they have a very well-oiled machine there. So they're not the type of band that can just slide songs in and out. You know, even if they did that, it'd probably be like a rotation of three to six, like different songs that theoretically could go in this spot, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's because t- everything else has a timing thing, exactly. like the lights or the the background. Yeah, exactly. And coming Set from up. like liking improvised music a lot and liking bands like the Grateful Dead and Fish and Yola Tango and bands that really vary their set lists a lot. Like I always want that from all the bands. And then I realize, oh, right, this is just a rock band. Like not all bands can do that just on a technical level, you know? Right. And also, like, Tom Petty talked about this a lot. He's another artist that Chris and I both love. And what he said was, like, there are songs that are album songs. Like, you can love them on the record, and I love them on the record, but you play them in an an arena or a theater, and they die. Like, just among all these big, heavy hitters, these popular songs, it makes you think that a really good song is a bad song just because it's not this big, bombastic well-known thing. Even it could be the best song in the world, but if no one knows it, it's going to kind of fall flat and be a bathroom break for some people. And Tom Petty got that. He's like, yeah, I get asked all the time. Like, why don't you play song X, Y, and Z? He's like, we try. It doesn't work. And I'm trying to put on a good Mm -hmm. show. And it's like, oh, well, at least he thought about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At least he tried. tried. At least he tried. I'm with you there. Yeah. Listen to the man. So speaking of the Rolling Stone article where Rivers where he talks about his fast, they ask, you know, what about Hold Me? How did you how did you write that song? I really love that one. And Rivers says, I hesitate to tell the story of some of these songs because it'll just perpetuate the Rivers' crazy myth. But, you know, at times I've resorted to pretty extreme methods to inspire myself. But I think it's somehow something anyone would do if they felt like they had to write a really powerful emotional song on demand. Anyone would resort to extreme experiments. No, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> so that's, uh, that makes, I think to me, that makes a little bit more sense Yeah. than just like, I didn't eat because I'm a crazy artist. He was like, I just had to try, try it because I was trying hard to make a song or a good song. I don't yeah. know. And you could tell that he was coming out of a period of you know, where he was experimenting more with drugs and being out and just, you know, and kind of living this high life. And then through Rick Rubin and just his own kind of self-reflection, he was looking for more naturalistic ways to get to that altered plane. And meditation and fasting were two of the methods. And obviously he still meditates, but, you know, fasting was one extreme method that he could kind of exploit to get there. Um, But clearly, again, not sustainable. And I think 
all of these kind of experiments led him to this kind of new database style of writing that that he's doing now, which is just more workmanlike and less emotional. And I think that it's part of the reason people feel somewhat alienated from Weezer's music now. The people who connected with it, connected with it on that emotional level, you know? So when a song like this comes through and you go, man, this is emotional. This is vulnerable. I relate to this. This is powerful. It's like, yeah, but he wishes he didn't have to work so hard to get there, you know? Yeah. And he can't uh-huh. really fake it, you know? He can't, like, he's not really good you at can't. faking it. No one can yeah. fake nope. it. I definitely agree right? with it because we all love all the songs on White Album, but when you think about it, none of them are really personal at all. Yeah, like, Do You Want to Get High is personal. Uh, there, there really aren't that many, though. Oh, oh, well, King of the World is personal, but it's not about him. It's about his, right, wife. It's about his wife. But that, that to me, like, resonates just on a real level, you know? But then it's like this huge arena rock song. So, you know, it doesn't really have the, the, kind, of, the kind of, like, subtle energy that a song like this would have. It's not obviously a personal song, I guess. You know, if Endless Bummer was mm-hmm. really personal, you'd know it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, so final thoughts on Hold Me. Oh, man. Or favorite lyric. Huh. Uh, I personally love the very first lyric of this song. Me too. Which is? It's, you know, it's terrible. You know, it's so bad right now. All I'm thinking about in my head is city streets at night, which is freak me out. Yeah. That's true. Um, I don't know why I always associate "Freak Me Out" and and "Hold Me" as the same as the same song. Hmm. Um, I think that they're similar. They're similar. They're similar. Um, but uh, you have the similar vibe. What is the first lyric of this song? I am frightened of all I things. I am oh, terrified, terrified of all, all things. things. That's a great. That's a great line. Frightened of the dark. Yeah, yeah. I pointed out on our episode about this song that um, I mean, what a great thesis for a song. You know, I am terrified of all things. Like this, that statement, period. I am listening to this song. Like if I've never mm-hmm. heard this song before, I'm going, all right, where's this going? Because it's just so plain spoken. And I, I love lyrics that just have that clarity to them. Just as a lyricist myself and just when I hear someone making a, just a direct statement, it excites me for sure. Yeah, I, th- I love the chorus too. I mean, take me with you because I'm lonely. Yes. That's, in in any other circumstance, I don't think I would like it so much, but because there's really not much else going on in the chorus, it's, you know, just a couple of words. Um, the fact that you're just crying out, hold me and take me with you because I'm lonely. I mean, that's that's pretty powerful stuff, I think. It's, it's a pretty sparse it's, song, yeah, lyrically. It's sparse and it's honest. Yeah, you can fit yeah. all of the lyrics into about three inches on a piece of paper. It's so lovely. <laughs> No, it is a lovely lyric, though. Really, it is a sincere and lovely lyric. And yeah, the well, the first two were, you know, he says he's he's terrified and he's frightened, and I'm assuming she is taller than a mountain, deeper than the sea. Right. It's so lovely. Like I'm just like it, uh, in love with the song already, just reading the lyrics and the way he sings it, too. Like that's why I think I oh man I liked this song is that it's just so good. Like his heart is definitely coming out in, into the song. It really is. When you think about it, it's the first time since Butterfly we've heard just River's voice and an instrument. Like no drums, like because we've heard Green and we've had Mallard, right? Like this is finally like, oh, it's not really part of their sound. Even Blue Elm does not have a moment when he's singing with just a guitar, you know? Uh, there's dynamic 
there's a dynamic range and there are shifts, but like this is kind of a new sound and his performance is so great that all of those things combined, uh, it really makes it a standout. I know that Chris was actually turned off by the metaphorical I language. Was, I was going to say that I didn't want to rain on your parade, but uh, <laughs> taller than a mountain, deeper than a sea. I was like, come on, you can do better than that. Right. It, I think he can, but it's still nice. Right. You're taller than a mountain, <laughs> deeper than the sea. <laughs> I love how you're tapping out of time with yourself. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Um, yeah, but I do like I do like the juxtaposition of I'm singing about me, now I'm singing about this person. You know, like just the construction mm-hmm. I really like. Even if I'm closer to Chris than you, just with regards to my feelings about those two lines there. But uh, I like the purpose of them. You know, so that's that makes me more forgiving about it, I think. And I do love the second verse. You know, I was closer to you back then. I was happier. I was. You know, that's just, great. That was that a haiku? <laughs> I, the whole thing is a haiku. I know. I know. Um, Wait, really? No, no. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I don't know, honestly. Uh, maybe. Let's count syllables together. Uh, a one. <laughs> You write it down, I'll count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I I think the last two lyrics are probably the most powerful. Mm. Yeah. I am. I am <laughs> cold. Right. Can we like we're all black and have us and smoke and read this song in like a club together? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like facing different directions. We'll do it. We'll do it for the YouTube channel. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. You'll do it yeah. as Wilson and Scott, and you'll do it as Brian, and I'll do it as Rivers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sorry. I mean, we've literally said every lyric in the song. That's how few lyrics there are in this song. That's a, It's like the antithesis of Thank God for Girls, you know? Well, how can it be so good and be so simple, you know? It's like... That's the beauty. I mean, the, the beauty is in the simplicity and yeah. re- truly listening to just just listen to the words. That's it. It's, you know, there's, he's not pulling any punches. He's not sugarcoating anything. It's just, these are the words that I have to say. This is how I feel. It doesn't have to be elaborate. And I think you really feel it in the immensity of the, the music itself. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. The musical support and the huge dynamic shift that brings us into the chorus just sells the whole lyric where it doesn't even have to be a great lyric and it's still going to feel like a great song. Whatever it is, if he's singing it like that and the band's kicking in that hard and, man, uh, it's going to work. I mean, they could literally be singing about a shoe and if he belted things out with his heart and soul with everyone behind him, it wouldn't matter. I mean, like that's the – like sometimes that's the only reason I like something is the feeling that you get – from Rivers' voice. It's so so beautiful. I Definitely. Like it so much. Whether it's beautiful or emotional, I mean, think about it, like get you. I mean, come on. That's that what does that even what does that even mean? But then it's like, you know, the that performance True. at the very end. Right. Uh-huh. Ah. He, I mean Anytime. he's he's given yeah. it he's given it his all. And so I, I completely agree with you. It's it's it doesn't matter what he's saying, it's it's in his performance and he really takes it home. hmm Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think this song just speaks to the maturity of the band at this stage, you know? Make Believe is, I'm sure it's few people's, it's no, okay, I won't even, (laughs) I'm not even going to clarify like that. It's no one's favorite Weezer record, right? It is absolutely no one's favorite Weezer. If if it is, please tweet at us. Let us know if this is your favorite Weezer record. I would love to know that. But 
it is not a bad record. And if nothing else, it shows a maturity, a patience, and a sophistication of sound and a sophistication of songwriting topic that the band had never ventured to before. And I, I thank Rick Rubin for that, who, of course, is the great producer and who produced this record, um, for making Rivers dig a little deeper for the lyrics. Now, I don't think the lyrics are by and large like or are universally great on this record, but at least he was trying to write honest songs, which mm-hmm. he really hadn't done outside of Pinkerton. I mean, obviously, In the Garage is an honest song and stuff like that, but like, there's a lot of silliness on the Blue Album. It's part exactly. of the reason that made me as a nine-year-old love it. You know, yep. like mm-hmm. it was kind of fun and funny and they're saying yep. about sweaters and Buddy Holly. This is great. You know, stop being a goofball, write some real lyrics right. about things you actually feel without trying to joke around and be cynical. Right. More say it ain't so more, more only in dreams than undone the sweater song, you know, because Ruben had that sense of the perception of the band being that of a novelty. And he goes, I know that's not who you are and that's not what you guys are, but you got to break free of that. And of course, this is the album that has Beverly Hills on it. This is the most novel mm-hmm. song they've possibly ever made. That can't be true now, but certainly to that, to date, the most novel song they ever made. So it's it's really helpful to have songs like this, like Peace, like Pardon Me, like Freak Me Out, like Haunt You Every Day, which are all like really mature songs that frankly the band couldn't have written or performed like that five years earlier. They had to kind of live. Right as they had been for in that interim, you know? And I think those are all, all those songs I mentioned are songs I really like, you know? And there's even more than that that are great on this record, but this to me is the best among them. This is like, sounds like classic Weezer, but it's in a whole new place. I often, like, no offense, Green Album, Weezer, Mikey fans around the world, I often just completely skip Green and think that that Make Believe was after Pinkerton. Like, I do that. that's funny. I do that sometimes. Like now, Joy doesn't even get in the mix. No, skip both of them. Go straight yeah. to make believe. Yeah. Wow. Like to me in my brain, wow. that's how it went. Like I didn't really care about the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the substance of those records is so thin versus the substance of this album. You know, definitely. I, especially at the time, like it, for me, it might have just been the time mm-hmm. of my life too. I just did not care about them. Of course, I heard the songs, Island in the Sun and stuff, but I just didn't like listen to, I wasn't listening to the CDs right. like I did Make Believe. That's cool. When that, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I to, think like, it think by, right by no means deserves its lowest rating out of any Weezer album. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Actually, on, on Metacritic, this is yeah. the lowest rated Weezer record somehow. By critics. That's weird. Yeah. It should not yeah. be. <laughs> Lower no. than Hurley, lower than Radicke. Not Radicks. when there's a Hurley out there. I mean, seriously. I know. Seriously. The trouble with Hurley is it came after Ratitude. So they called it a return to form. And they literally, some some writers called it a return to form. We talk about it. It's Crazy. insane because they went back to rocking a little bit more. Like, that's so wrong. Yeah, it doesn't make it good. No, they, I know. they finally stopped partying and started <laughs> rocking. They finally stopped trying new things. I don't know. Oh, God. They tried some new bad things. Because that's things. what Red, w- yeah. Red and Ratitude were about, trying new things. Right. And then uh, they were like, well, that's not working. Guess we better do Hurley. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think that, like, everything will be all right was, like, them not trying new things, just doing old things way better because they were better. You know, like they were yeah. they were better musicians. They were better songwriters, you know, like all of that stuff. There was just, again, a sophistication. I think it's a more 
it's a very different record than make believe, but it's sophisticated in a different way. It's taking the sort of classic sound and saying, cool, now we've been doing this for 15 years and we're going to kick some more ass with it. You know, it's going to be way better than green album, which was our attempt to kind of recapture that thing, uh, and failing, you know, but not exclusively, yeah. but you know, failing to a large degree. Uh, well, and could you imagine if like, and I know this sounds terrible, but if Mikey had stayed with the band, yeah, whether it be like to, you know, his passing or, or just maybe he leaves the band, whatever. But if he hadn't, and, and it was Mikey going forward, I just don't see it getting better. And I don't see them being where they are today. Because that sound, it was like, I hate that some of those songs yeah. on Green, I can't, I can't even. That's funny. Yeah. Green it. being such a loathsome record, I think, I think it comes from a place of like, this is so close to being something I love. And the fact that it's not just not makes me there. hate it. You know, yeah. like, I hate how you can't do this, right? Like, how you're not doing this right. You should be able to do this better. Just do <laughs> it better. You already did it. Yeah. Yeah. The Mikey question, yeah. that is fascinating. I've never thought about that. That is an interesting alternate kind of reality to think about. You know, just for him as a, obviously we wish that he was healthy and 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 alive and 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 happy and all that stuff and unfortunately none of that is true. But it would have been very bad for Weezer. Like you know what I mean? Like and and it would have been Like if they did another green after that yeah. because I think that he had an influence on the band yeah. and in the sound and the direction of the band, because that's just how bands work, right? Definitely. So obviously there was my, lots of Mikey in that in that CD, and yeah. some of those songs are really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rivers is doing his like weird voice. It's <laughs> like Green Day, and which kind of trans kept going. I'm not going to blame Mikey on everything because I think he does it on. It can it comes out here and there on, on oh plenty of songs other albums after after that but he seems to be um, over it now I'll give him that <laughs> thank God yeah, right yeah. thank God for rivers for that I don't yeah. know <laughs> thank God for guys <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys ready to rate it I am ready to rate it all right so what do you either one of you whoever wants to go first give hold me well. I, uh, based on your very <laughs> extensive rating system here, <laughs> I gave mine a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Weezer Prom Picture, a Scott in a Vest, a Pat Jammin' on the Drums, Wilson, a Blue <laughs> Album, Rivers, Head. <laughs> Sorry, that went to a different line. I forgot how to read. Something just happened to me. I smell burnt <laughs> toast. Chris, help me. And a Blazer Brian, giving the song a total of 12. High praise. Very nice. Right. That's what that equates. Other Chris? All those words equate to 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gave it uh, Laser Eyes Rivers, Lightning Straps, Scott in a Vest, Pat Gemmon on the drums, Blazer Brian, also for a grand total of 12. Oh, baby. Very Different nice. words, still 12. <laughs> <laughs> I, too, gave it a Laser Eyes Rivers, a Weezer Prom Pick, Scott in a Vest, Pat Jammin on the drums. Wilson. A blue album, Rivers Head. Kid. I don't know why I said that because you were saying Wilson. I felt like I had to go up no, with you. Good. And <laughs> Blazer Bry for a total of 12. So We Are Weezer gives Hold Me a 12. <laughs> 12 points. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What was That's your lowest rated song? Do you remember that you've done? 
I believe that it is a six or a four. Wow. Something. We've done Love is the Answer. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I haven't listened to that one um, yet. We have some feelings about that song. It's Chris's favorite. Jen and Patrick from My Name is Weezer podcast were on, we did that song together and she gave it like a negative, which we've never, she just went off the rails and just started doing her own ratings. You guys did the. um, Because she's funny like that. You guys did the album recording, right? What's that? You did the the version off of the album, the Hindi version? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm. Cool. So it was lovely. You should have done the Sugar Ray version. Now that one. Well, we talk about that one, and and uh, that's a solid eight at least. I mean, yeah, at least it might be one. It's music one for cougars, people. Point higher than the Indian version. The Indian <laughs> version. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's still Sugar Ray. This is great true. video, though. Check it out. Oh, it's good times. I haven't seen. Yeah, that's funny. It, the good the point Sugar though. Ray After music all that video for Love Is the Answer, please check it out. Oh. It's very important that you watch that's it exciting. ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> So, other than that, it's time to go. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Uh, I guess we have right. to. If we'll we take must. a little break and we'll, and we'll say goodbye. Okay. You Guys, where can everyone find Wheeze Talking Wheeze on the internet? Oh, yeah, that would be at Wheeze Talking Wheeze, which is at W E Z T A L K I N W E E Z. And that can be found at either uh, Instagram or Twitter. Same handle, two platforms. I think we're also on Facebook. Are we on Facebook? We are not as a podcast on Facebook. Okay. Try I to minimize need to do that because my... I was looking for you today and I'm like, <laughs> oh. No, just no we, we did Twitter. Just because that's kind of a neutral platform. And then we did Instagram because that seems to be the more popular platform for the youngsters these days. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I've never had a personal Instagram. I was like, I'm like figuring out how to use this thing. Oh, dude, me too. We are both both clueless on social media. So we're just like, oh, here's a picture of you playing guitar. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How do we put it on there? Oh, we got four likes, bro. Yeah, four likes, dude. Um, you got four likes. That's really good, actually. Because oh, sometimes it's hard to even get any. We're yeah. doing it, brother. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and and I should point out too the YouTube channel because we're going to be adding mm, a lot to that. Yeah. Uh, very soon. Check us out. Same same handle. Yep. Weeze talking Weeze on YouTube. We're doing song analyses, uh, just different topics uh, of Weezer songs. Uh, going to be banging more of those out because I, I my other life in addition to being a musician is a videographer and editor and and stuff and a photographer. So you know this is a cool way to kind of exercise both elements. Not that it's photographically interesting at all, but hey, you know, 
No, it's it, just Chrissy sitting in front of a camera. It's really boring. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't watch it, but I'm glad that people are watching it and enjoying <laughs> it. So uh, we'll definitely be doing more. Cool. Uh, I'll be sure to check it out. I saw that you had one on High as a Kite and we talked about it earlier. And I do want to see that. So I will check it out. Awesome. Uh, do I, you guys have like your business stuff that you want to promote or I don't know. A business stuff. You don't have to. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I guess while I'm here, I could say that I am in many bands yeah. and I think that's probably worth promoting. I'm in a band called Nadi, K-N-O-T-T-Y, like my last name. I'm in a band called Ra, R-A-H. And I'm in a lot of other bands. Uh, I'm associated with this act called Workman Song, which is definitely worth checking out. And uh, all those bands are have recordings or have recordings coming out very soon. So that's exciting. There's there's other things too, but I think those are the ones worth mentioning. Also, I give music lessons. So if anyone's interested in like, you know, watches the videos and is interested, I, I would be happy to do Skype lessons because I love teaching music. That's like primarily what I do with my life. So if anyone was interested in that, definitely hit us up. I'd be happy to talk about doing that. Cool. And if you need a rock climbing coach. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, if you need any information about nutritional counseling or personal dietetic counseling and want to change your life, hit me up. Are you are you serious? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking at Chris's diploma right here. I was joking about it earlier. We're here in his room. and uh, Yeah, I'm a nutritionist and uh, personal trainer and fitness coach. Not that that matters to anyone okay, outside cool. of Rhode I know, Island. I, I, I know that you said that you were a, like a fitness coach, but... I don't know why I was envisioning only for kids. I mean, I would um, say it's like 30 hours a week is like just with people under the age of 18. But I also do okay. uh, private lessons probably like 15 hours a week for adults and people of all ages. And anyone cool. who wants to be healthy and be great. But mainly... Mm-hmm. Don't we all? Yeah. Heck, heck yeah. I would say the, the main thing is that uh, check us out, Wee's Talking Wee's, to the Anywhere You Get podcast. That's the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. We, have uh, we, we, we forgot to mention the fact Obviously. that we have a podcast about Weezer, much they, like you. We haven't said it at all today yet. So <laughs> I don't know if we've said it sure right we get yet. That in. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and uh, if you would like to find We Are Weezer, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well at We Are Weezer. And you can email us at weareweezerforever at gmail.com. We have a website, www.weareweezer.com. Thank you to Brian, as always, for the sound. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. And thank you to Chris and Chris. I like to call you CNC Music Factory. I hope that's okay. Quite all right. We um, actually like CNC Pod Factory. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Is That's something we're actually going to move forward with is calling ourselves oh, I like CNC it. Pod Factory. Are you going to be funk? I hope it's funky. Yeah. <laughs> always. Always funky. You know. <laughs> that train's no. always rolling. <laughs> But thank you so much um, for having us. This is it's always a pleasure yeah, to talk was, to you for sure. Yeah. Yes. It's a blast talking with you. I would love, love, love to do Summer Elaine and, and Drunk Dory. I think that'd be really, really fun. Yeah. By then we'll have it refined and we can actually perform it live with you yeah. for your show. Oh yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. And come on over to the entirely other polar opposite of the country. Yeah. And We'll do it together, or we can just do it like this again. I'm okay but, with yeah, it. No, means... I love California. I oh, would definitely, man. I would love to get out there as soon as possible. I've been back like five days, and it's been a painful five days. I can't wait to go back <sighs> to California. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Next time you're back, let me know. For sure. So I'm like right here. For sure. In no, remind me. Old LA. Remind me. You're in LA, right? Not you're in Southern Southern Cali. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I was just in San Francisco a couple months ago, and I I loved it. It was so fun. 
It is very nice there. It's a lot warmer in LA, though. All right. This is true. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring my tank tops. Oh, yeah. Yes. And your flip flops, and we can go to Tower 28 and nice. do all the things that. Uh, oh, yeah. You could take us on like we, a Weezer walking tour, you know? Of, uh, there the... is an actual Weezer walking tour. Oh, we my can God. Do it. Is you it really? <laughs> yeah. Do you do it? No. I was going to say, yeah, you cash in on one that. One of the fan club members like made a map of all the, the Weezer historical landmarks. Oh, God. And you can go. I mean, we I could easily that. like pull it up and like we could do it and be super nerdy. That would be, be fun. so nerdy. I, yeah, I'm completely. You got to kind of embrace it. Yeah. We're making podcasts about Weezer. I was going to say, Jesus, if <laughs> any, anybody listening to this and if it was made it to the end, they're like, good God, these people need to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if there was ever a Weezer walking or if there was ever a walking tour for someone, it would be these people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're the target market. We are there. the target market. We are the demographic. <laughs> yeah. Next time we're out on the West Coast, we are absolutely, you know, hitting you up and that'll be a lot of okay. fun. We should, we should go on. Yeah, we'll trip. hang out. Yeah. We'll get Weezer tattoos on our butts together. It'll be great. <laughs> I don't have any space left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get two. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Be sure to check out Weez Talking Weez TV on all of your podcast stuff and uh, thanks again guys for coming on the show and we'll see you soon thanks adios Performance True. at the very end. Right. Uh-huh. Ah. We are Weezer. We are Weezer. We are Weezer. And I love you.